what's up folks thank you for tuning in to the progression project podcast i'm your host eric antonson and this is another foiling series episode although we do go in to a little bit of uh discussion about flow with the legend kiahi de abuitis uh kiahi is one of the most requested guests for sure to get on the show and super stoked that he made the time to do it so thank you kiahi for coming on and I hope that you guys enjoy it. Um, it's about, I would say, 80% foiling discussion, but it would have been a miss to not discuss flow since Kiahi is such a multiple, multiple disciplinary uh, adventure sports athlete. Uh, for anyone who does not know who Kiahi is, and I bet that's very few of you, uh, Kiahi's a world champion kite surfer. He is a uh, top-level stand-up paddle surfer, world tour athlete there as well for many years. Um, always did very well at the bigger wave events, uh, but his small wave game is, is really incredible too. Uh, he, crazy good uh, surfer, uh, was up for wave of the winter a couple years ago in Hawaii and now is leading the charge in foiling. Yeah, I think that some of his videos, especially early on, really helped to shape the sport, especially on stand-up. Um, his smooth approach to everything showcased what is possible on a foil and I think started to change uh, mindset of, I know for me especially, um, what, what was going to be possible. And so for that, I'm super appreciative. And also, you know, want to say that I, I think it's amazing that Kiahi puts the time in, and I don't know if it's his team. We didn't really get into it, but um, I know that he's also quite talented at, at video, video editing, but he takes the time to do real edits still when most people are just dropping Instagram clips and not putting much production time into their videos, and it shows. Um, and so uh, maybe some of you guys out there listening who are also leading the charge and foiling should think about dropping some, you know, putting some time into some of these videos. And, and um, that's a really, I don't know, I think it's good for the sport. Um, not that the foiling needs too much help. Uh, it seems to be growing pretty quickly. But anyways, Kiai, thanks for coming on the show. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy it. Hit me with questions, comments, feedback of the positive, constructive nature. I uh, actually haven't gotten any negative feedback on the show at all, so I'm super stoked on that. And um, tons of positives, so thank you. Uh, and hope everyone's doing well, so enjoy. Kiahi, uh, thanks for making time, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. No worries. Good to be back. Yeah, dude, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, you know, you are probably the most requested guest to talk foiling. Interesting. Yeah, cool. I guess that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I think yeah. over the over the last few years, it is just something that I've become addicted to, like everyone else. And it's kind of one of those things that it just it's hard not to take one wherever you go because you know kind of no matter what you can have fun foiling whether it's escaping crowds or just finding a way that no one can surf and yeah i have a hard time trying to trying to take time off from it or just go anywhere without it yeah. um you were the first person i saw foil in person when we were out there a few years ago 
and I even hopped on your board and it was, it went very poorly. That's right. I remember so, that. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty bad. Actually, the, the first time as badly as it went, it went better than I expected it to. So you have that. I think that's a, that's a pretty good start. It usually goes pretty bad for most people. Yeah, you know, it was pretty funny too because it was the smallest day of the week. There had been some bigger, it wasn't big by North Shore standards at all, but there had been some bigger days. And, you know, so it was like head high and you you gave me the board and you're like, you might want to go inside. I'm like, what's he talking about? It's like, it's so small now. He's like, go catch it. And I was like, I've got this, no problem. And then uh, hit the foil. Not bad though. Yeah, I lived. Pretty pretty standard first try, I'd say. <laughs> but I think you've, you've persevered since then you've, and you've got it now, right? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm so hooked, bro. Well, let's yeah. talk about that. You you mentioned it in the first thing you said there, but you talked about just the addiction. Why? 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 Do, you know, someone like yourself who gets to surf the best waves in the world, you get to you know kite wherever you want to go, and and all. How do you get addicted to foiling? What is it about foiling that's grabbing everybody? And you know, like turn foil brain, all that. I mean, why? I think the, the biggest thing and kind of what's interesting is I feel like it almost kind of filled the hole that SUP tried to fill in a way that it basically allows you to go and, and surf small waves and make the most of these kind of mellow waves that aren't really good for a shortboard. But then it really attracted the whole shortboard side of things as well because all those guys can still ride a five-foot board or even shorter, a four-foot board and go out and kind of get that same speed and that same kind of feeling or almost yeah more speed and kind of an even even better feeling and they can get that out of a wave that they would never have fun on surfing and it's one of those things that almost looks easy but once you kind of try and you have a few crashes and actually kind of get into the progression of it it's just it's so addicting to kind of have that new sport where you feel like you're learning and taking a few little crashes but kind of just getting better and better and it's it's interesting. I mean, you see you see so many guys now that are just completely addicted. They don't they don't surf. It might be a six foot swell here, and everyone's driving to the east side to go foiling because it's better over there for that. <laughs> I mean, that's I haven't touched a shortboard in months, man. I haven't even wanted to. They're just d- collecting dust downstairs right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, wh- what was your first exposure? Um. I so I started kite foiling quite a while ago. I, I think the first time I tried one, actually the first time I tried one was when they first started putting straps on them. Like I think Carafino started making some. That was probably like ten or twelve years ago, and it wasn't like the full-on boot setup that people were riding in the beginning. But I guess not as not as good foils. I ended up trying with a friend and I don't even think we succeeded just had a few really bad crashes trying to get up in the ski and just went yeah I'm, I'm not going to try that anymore and gave up and then I think kite foiling kind of started maybe probably I want to say six or seven years ago when you started to see a lot more people getting into kite foiling and there was a couple guys that were riding him and I just kind of said like do you mind if I have a go of one of those one day and tried one and basically just flailed around for an hour and felt like I never really got it until finally kind of someone gave me some tips and and figured it out. And I never really kind of got that into the kite foiling stuff. It's almost, it's, it's really fun and I really like it as an exploration tool to kind of cruise around and check out the scenery and 
you have such such good upwind ability. And then when it started in surfing for me, which was probably probably three or four years ago now, that's kind of when it really clicked that this is kind of the perfect thing to fill those small small surf days or kind of mellow days and open up waves where yeah you wouldn't normally surf. Yeah, when I was out there, you had the, I think the GoFoil Kai setup. Was yep. that your first? Was that your first setup? That you was my that? first surf setup. I think I actually tried towing once on the Cabrina Double Eight, and maybe a year before that, actually even before kind of the whole blow up thing when it actually started, I remember trying it and like, oh, that was pretty fun, and kind of just never did it again. The foil wasn't the best for wasn't the best for, for surf boiling because it was a little bit smaller and didn't kind of have the same lift. And then definitely the, the go foils, I think are kind of what started it in a way. It's, it's interesting. They essentially made a, a less efficient, slower foil, but that's kind of what we, what we needed for surfing. It allowed you to go out and ride small waves and you didn't need to be going 35 knots and slapping your face and giving yourself whiplash every time you fall, you could go out and, just kind of milk these epic little waves and that that was definitely like a, a perfect start for me i think kind of from then on i was addicted um was was pete cabrina he was part of the crew that was toe foiling jaws jaws back in the day right like, yeah he was he was part of the original crew i think like that was that was the airshare days with with him and lad and um Russ Randall, I think, and yeah, those guys basically took the air chair, chopped the seat off, and put boots on it, and kind of pioneered that whole thing. And I, I, I think the reason that didn't take off is just because the crashes were were brutal. I mean, they needed to go out in pretty big waves. They were riding eight to ten foot waves, and I think he, I remember him telling me like they would pretty much almost knock themselves out every time they fell, and then they'd fall on a swell with actual whitewash and basically be bolted onto a board with a foil on the other end and i guess they had some sort of quick release quick release things where they could like release the boots from the board but then you're swimming around in boots and i think that whole thing is kind of why it never really took off until until i made it a little more user friendly yeah that, that just looks scary you go back and you look at those videos and yeah pretty pretty insane no- i mean those guys were, were yeah pushing it pretty hard back then Absolutely. But there was never a part when I was watching those videos where I was like, I got to go try that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know? um, that, that happened, you know, your first videos in stand up too, man. Like I got to say that the way that you release videos um, and the production that goes into them, it's almost kind of a lost art at this point, especially in foiling. You're like the only guy doing it really producing solid videos and then, and then right. releasing them, you know, um, but uh, yeah, it's awesome. I, I mean, everybody loves them, and you know the the hits on on YouTube show that. Um, but that was you know some of the first ones, and it was a big part of why I started in in uh, stand up uh, foiling instead of prone. Probably was was some of those. You know, I had a lot of background in stand up, but then um, it seemed like an easy way to get into it. Sure. You made it look really I, good. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what I found. I mean, if you someone that never ridden a stand-up you're going to want to just ride a normal foil but if you're someone that sups more and kind of has that background i think it's i think it's easier i mean you're already to your feet you can ride a bit of a bigger board and get into the waves a little bit earlier and then just the biggest thing for me is just paddling back out like that's part of the reason i still ride a sup a lot 
is you just save so much energy on the paddle back out. You're getting such long waves that you kind of need, you definitely need a kind of ride low to your board or just something to make that a little less tiring. Yeah. Unless you're at like a Florida type beach break with short period swell where you can yeah. work up and down a sandbar with short connections. Exactly. That, that ends up being incredibly fun. Like, but I, I have to say like the, the tow video that you posted so this week, a couple of days ago, yeah, that was madness. Yeah. That's, that, that's kind of been, been our favorite thing to do lately. It's just, yeah. I mean, you're taking out the paddling, you're going out and riding these outer reefs that, I mean, they're all waves that we've, we've, toe surf when it's bigger or guys are paddling it as well now and i mean that's where you go when it's 10 to 15 feet and then you can go out there when it's three feet now and you just have these basically swells that don't break or just kind of crumble for for minutes and yeah it's it's insane i mean the those glassy days it's just like yeah it's perfect i mean i still haven't snowboarded but everyone keeps telling me it's the closest thing to snowboarding just kind of like a an ocean powder run really yeah, it feels similar in regards to how floaty it feels. We just got really into snowboarding last year, and then, but in, in it, waiting and how you turn, it's it's all different. But right, the feel right. of of the float is, uh, yeah, it's super similar. Yeah, pretty pretty amazing. I mean, we actually actually just came in from another session right now as well. It's kind of it's it's just too much fun when it's like this. I looked at the surf this morning, and there was thirty guys out, and it looked kind of fun. And then it's like, well can go and catch i don't know 20 waves 20 like minute and a half long waves and have way more fun so it's it's pretty epic to have that option and it kind of in a way i think it ruins paddle foiling a little bit for me but it's still just fun to be able to get get that kind of glide and that kind of session it's yeah it's an amazing feeling so all right two 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 questions after that one what's the bar for surfing now like how good does the surf have to be for you to want to put away the foil and and go out and shortboard or or subsurf um it definitely depends i think it's more of a crowd factor as well um yeah. it's yeah it's one of those things like I, my favorite thing is still to, to surf pumping waves and go and get barreled and those days are just harder to come by here in Hawaii. I mean, it happens pretty often, but you could go and battle with 50 to 60 guys at pipe or you could go and do that. And I, I, I like to mix it up a bit when it's, when it's this size, like it was the last couple of days. And it's that kind of head high, slightly overhead. It's just perfect for, for toe foiling and it's easy. You can go out for a couple hours. You're not worried about like, Oh, I wonder if everyone's going to go in for lunchtime or if we're going to get a sneaky little window and, it's kind of nice just to have that that freedom, and I think that's another reason why foiling has taken off so much, is it kind of brings back that that just happy vibe that surfing maybe used to have, where it's like okay to invite other people, it's, it's fun to go in a group. It's not like you're trying to like sneak off behind people's backs and try not to show up with a pack of people, and everyone's everyone's kind of keen on just sharing and having fun, and it's nice that you can you can do that with with foiling. I mean. You're surfing these super long waves that have a lot of space. And I think that's kind of what surfing lost in a way that part of the reason people are getting so addicted to boiling now. Do you think that the same scarcity will come into foiling or because you have the ability to ride such a broader space on a wave and then connect kind of like this infinite play space? Do you think that 
we won't see the same scarcity. Cause I, I agree with you. Like, yeah, it is I mean, so fun to be stoked to invite people to come out and to have a crew. Like, yeah, you know, it's fun to foil with a crew of guys and you're trading waves and flying by each other when you're pumping and all that. I love that right now. I wonder if there's going to be a time though. Yeah. I, I right. think it's, I think it's starting. You, you're starting to see yeah. more and more people getting into it. The good thing is it's just, there are so many more options for waves. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. You almost have to do re, have to have to recalibrate what you think a good wave is. I mean, like, oh, where was a where was a really shitty wave that was super fat, never really broke, and there are a lot of waves like that, at least in Hawaii, which is good. So, I mean, you can there's definitely crowded spots for foiling, but you can easily find fun waves, and I'm sure it'll get to that point. But it's definitely nice to enjoy it while it lasts now, and I think it just helps having so many more options. Yeah. Are you starting to see like a localism type vibe at any of the foil spots? Maybe, maybe a little bit, but nothing, yeah. nothing like surfing for sure. Yeah. All right. Let's talk gear for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I love the Neil pride stuff that like, I spent a lot of time on the Neil pride wings. I think I've said it a bunch of times on the show. Like I think bang for the buck, you guys have absolutely hit it out of the park. Yeah, they're, they're pretty for, amazing. I mean, those, yeah, the aluminum, aluminum sets with the carbon wings are so, so well priced and they're, they're great foils. I mean, that's still, I'm, I'm using the carbon mask, but I mean, they're still the same wings that I've been using and they have something for everything. And yeah, it's, they're, they're pretty, pretty epic setups. Yeah. I mean, the kind of mid aspect you know, medium and large. I started with the large and then I moved down to the medium. Yeah. And I love that medium. I never got it my hands on the small. Yeah. The, um, the small for me, like I, I don't use it that much. I mean, I used it today a little bit toe foiling, but it pretty much, it needs to be overhead. You need a pretty steep wave that doesn't have flat sections. Like the medium kind of was my, my go-to wing. And then now they, they brought out the medium slim as well, which I've been using a little more and it, it's definitely the flatter wings take a little bit to to adjust to but just the amount of glide and extra speed i guess you get out of having something a little more high aspect a little bit thinner and more efficient and, and flatter is it's pretty amazing i mean that that video that i posted the other day was actually on the on the medium slim which is may even have more surface area than the medium but just because it's thinner it has a little bit more speed you still max out but yeah, you can get such good glide out of it. It's a like a little bit more high profile then, right? Yeah, like higher aspects, so a little bit higher a little aspect. Bit yeah, narrower. That's what I meant, sorry. Yeah, I mean that's kind of where everyone's going. I think in yeah. a way you, you do lose a little bit with the turning with those flatter wings. You can't you can't really get the same kind of leaning over carving feel out of it. They feel they feel great in certain situations, but if you if you lean over too much, you will feel the tip get a little bit squirrely. You'll, you'll feel it. I think in turbulent turbulent water is where I feel it a bit, but it's it's hard not to not to take that out on the small days because you just get so much more glide and it still turns really well. And I've been having a lot of fun on it. Yeah. Um, so I got my hands on. I didn't get to surf it, but but a buddy of mine, Dasher, just got one of the JPs uh, prone boards. Okay, cool. And it was interesting because I, I've designed boards, and and my last um, kind of hypothesis, and I've been testing it for a while, 
Um, I've been doing these like double stringer boards and I've been making them almost like the idea was going more like a mid-length type feel, like a little bit heavier. And when I got my hands on your board, like it was like a week and a half ago, it had, it had a little bit more weight to it. Are you riding a board that's, you know, a little heavier than, um, kind of what everyone's striving for right now with the carbon boards? Um, I'd say, I think my ones are a little bit lighter than the production ones that are made okay. with a slightly different material, kind of more like the the sub construction, which is a little bit lighter. I think they just, they didn't make one in that construction because it is quite a bit more expensive to manufacture. Gotcha. And um, in a way, I think the, the extra weight does help like for, for learning, if it's a little bit windier or just to kind of help give you that, that momentum and that glide, but you definitely don't get the same feeling out of having something super light. Like the, the super light boards are the really thin, thinned out, kind of less volume boards feel feel pretty amazing that's that's what we've been using for, for towing it's like a 4.0 by 4.0 by 18 by like two inches and 20 liters but having something something that small does feel amazing in a way yeah i like the small aspect of it but yeah. i found that um i did some prototypes that were really light and i didn't i, I felt like I mean, we're talking about a difference of maybe two pounds, right? So it's okay. not a huge difference, but yeah. um, I felt like a little bit of extra weight almost balances it out a little bit more. That that for me, that happened when I found that on my sup, if I moved the wing a little bit forward of the balance point, it almost helped me pump better. Yeah, yeah. And then when cool. I tr tried that kind of on the on the uh, prone board and moved it a little bit farther forward, um, and to have a little bit more weight, kind of seemed to smooth everything out. Um, yeah. But then again, I'm not riding. I haven't been surfing waves size of, uh, of what you guys are surfing. I, I think that's fine. I put mine relatively far forward. I, I haven't really seen too much what everyone else is doing. I think the best thing I heard that guys have been doing is where they, I think that it doesn't maybe work as well on the small boards, but for most boards, the subs and some of the bigger prones, if you just hold, I think the front wing, like two thirds of the way forward on the front wing, and it does just kind of balance it out pretty yeah. perfect but you probably already talked about that but i was pretty impressed like i someone told me that and i tried it with one of my boards and it was like bang on I was like oh well, there you go it makes perfect sense that's awesome yeah kane talked about it oh, okay, yeah. he mentioned it on the show yeah um, yeah kane's cool kane's pretty insane as well i mean he's i think he's one of the guys pushing it the most that i've seen as well just so good at everything some of the some of the turns he's doing especially on those flat wings which i find pretty impressive but he's he's definitely one of the standout guys yeah um he uh, he's i think he's going to come back on here pretty soon but i get tons of uh you know messages about his first show and that tip about how to balance a wing um everybody talks about that yeah um, which is really cool because it was such a like a, an easy aha moment that made everybody yeah. <laughs> kind of ride ride better right away right exactly yeah um, what are you testing right now? You know, does, uh, does NP have anything in the works? I think, uh, I think he was actually, yeah, they've, they've been testing some slightly smaller wings. I haven't actually tried the one yet, but I heard they've been working on something. I think it's just a little bit more of a thinned out small wing, maybe kind of similar to the, to the medium slim, but just a little bit smaller. Cause after using that towing the other day, I think that's the next step, but for another wing is just something something a little bit smaller that can handle bigger waves but still has that glide and 
in just kind of a little bit more or a smaller wing. Yeah. Um, how much different is the carbon mast? I tried to get my hands on one of those for a while and they just never came to Florida. I never got one, but, uh, I, I, much- I think it, it, it definitely is a little bit lighter. The 75 centimeter one that I've been using just to get the stiffness is a little heavier, but overall, like the, the 65 centimeter one, which I was using, you, you do really notice the weight and it's just kind of nice to have that even just carrying the board on the beach, a little bit less swing weight. The aluminum one is definitely, I'd say for most people, that's that's going to be plenty good. It works for, for pretty much everything. But if you have the money and you kind of want something a little bit lighter, then it's it's always hard to go past carbon. And I, I've been really liking it. The 75 centimeter one as well for towing has just been been epic, having a little bit longer, but not not too long as well. What's the difference in flex in those masts? And then how much flex do you like? You know, people have a differing opinion on on flex in a foil. Yeah, I, I think I've I've started to really like things a little bit stiffer. The the 75 centimeter one that I've been trying is is really stiff. I mean they've made it a little bit beefier, kind of not as maybe not quite as as big of a cord as the the aluminum one but a little bit more than the 65 just because you you do get that solid feel like i have found i i tried the mfc actually once and didn't really like that flex as much because it kind of in a way i think it dampens things out which is good but you almost have to like think about things in advance and gets a little bit kind of bouncy back and forth sometimes and i think it just depends on what you're used to too everyone has a different opinion but I've found stiffer just kind of gives you that little bit more of a positive feeling. Yeah. I find that I don't like much flex at all, especially in a board. Like I like to, I I feel like there's a board with zero flex is way more efficient. And then especially in pumping and then the mass, I had one mass that was really, really flexible, like to the point where I, I, I don't think it was, was right. right. And you, you know, you'd go to pump like kind of on your toes, like doing a turn and it would spring back and yeah, exactly. wobble it's back on it. I was trying to describe it. it. I think in a way people like it, but it definitely kind of messes with you in the beginning for sure. I don't like that at all. I don't like it when I don't know what the foil is going to do. Like, yeah. As long as it's stiff enough to where it's doing what I want it to do, I'm good with it. And maybe a little bit of flex helps in turbulence or helps in yeah. like hitting the foam. It's yeah. hard to argue with some of the turns guys are doing oh, for sure. on that MFC. Yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, um, that, that might be part of it as well. It may actually help with, with kind of some of those more turbulent hits, which, which makes sense really. I mean, it kind of yeah. just helps dampen things out a little bit. And yeah. it, it's cool to see that everyone has, has different, different opinions and different ideas of what works and it's one of those things that is so personal and everyone's trying different things and but it's really interesting to just to see see where it's going yeah well and a lot of people agree on the stiffer the better i mean zane schweitzer said the same thing you've said the same thing yeah um Yeah. yeah for sure um when do you pull out the sup now? How often are you on the sup foil that you've been uh, doing so much towing? The sup foil or the normal sup? Well, both. Uh, much, I mean, like, I agree with what you said at the beginning of the show. I think that foiling has kind of taken a lot 
at least in my mind, the days that I would be going out to sup surf, I'm definitely on a foil now. It's yeah. I, I don't really know when I want to sup surf too much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, for, for me, I'd say with the sup foil, pretty much if it's something that's a little bit further out, a lot of the time in Hawaii, I will use a sup foil more than a prone foil just because it's it really helps with paddling out. It also kind of helps with, with takeoff on steeper waves, I found. And then yeah. for me, the, the biggest thing is I find actually like hitting the whitewash and kind of doing turns and having the paddle, especially if you know kind of how to use it, but bottom turning, kind of leaning off the, off the paddle and then using it to take a stroke and then kind of lean off on the top turns. I find I can actually do kind of better turns on the start, which is always pretty fun. And it's, I think it's interesting. Like if, yeah, if you know how to use it, I think you can do, do really good turns on a SUP and, the other, the other thing that kind of affects me is just traveling. Like I wouldn't travel to, to somewhere with a subfoil just because it is an extra extra board and a bit more space. And that's kind of the, the final final thing that really stops me from taking it more places. Yeah. I uh, I agree on all that. It's It was weird going back to sup after riding prone for so long. And I was really surprised with the turns that I could do going back to sup. Yeah. Especially like, you know, frontside cutbacks where you kind of do the inside heel paddle placement. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a, such a fun turn. Um, the other thing that it I, is, I it found. It's pretty nice to have that extra balance point for sure. Yeah. It, I, and the other thing I find that it does for me is it lets me know without looking, I mean, because I guess I've paddled for so long, exactly how high I am off the water. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so it's really easy to like navigate through turns when you're actually just looking at the section because you got that extra feel. I find, right, which, right. I, which I like. What's your uh, what's your sup board looking like these days? I, I actually really like. I've I've told I've had a three buddies buy your uh, your JP model because okay. I think it it looks really good. Yeah, um, that's that's still what I'm using actually. I've just the production six eight six eight by twenty six. I think it is. It's okay. I, I haven't gone that short. I know a lot of guys are going down to like five oh and between five feet and six feet. I think it's you definitely get that extra maneuverability, but you really lose that paddling out ability, which is kind of one of the main things that I like about having this up and also just makes catching wave a little bit trickier. I think I'm gonna play around with a couple couple shorter sizes, but I'm still liking yeah, a little bit more size right now. Yeah, I 100% agree with that too. I made a 5.5 five and yeah. I hate it. It just okay. makes me, I get off the water pissed off. I, I'll have like three good waves and it's awesome. But but most of the time it's it's you're just, you know, teabagging the whole time, falling off your board or yeah. um, I mean, there's no I, benefit. My original board I think was a, the, the one you tried is an 8.5. I mean, <laughs> that that actually still worked pretty well, which is crazy to think about. I mean, now with, with what guys are riding, but. I think in bigger ways, when you're going a little bit faster, definitely having having something with a little bit more length and weight does does help in a way. Yeah, and and what you said there about getting in earlier, getting up earlier, you lose that. Like on my little five five, which is like a hundred liters, but it's I mean it's pretty pulled in nose, pulled in tail, yeah. really small. Um, it is much harder to take off on that board than it is even to take off prone. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's you like no advantage. Momentum, right? It's like you, you right. get get going the same. Yeah, I mean, on a bigger sup, you can basically just like pump up before you even catch the wave, and then you catch yeah. the wave as you're kind of getting up. 
I think um, that's the, the biggest thing maybe that people have, have had trouble trying to learn on a sub foil as well. I've seen a few guys trying to learn on six foot boards, these super wide. I mean, there's, there's plenty of float there, but if you don't have that, that speed paddling or even just kind of that straight line ability paddling into a way that you kind of get from a, from a longer board, it does make it a lot harder. Like I think anyone learning on a sub, if you try on something that's similar to what you're normally riding size wise, it's, it's probably going to be better off. Yeah, I, I agree with that. What, what, um, what maneuvers are you working on right now? I, I guess I like haven't it, really got into the whole, the whole air things. I've been, been wanting to play around with straps, but straps still scare me a little bit with foils. I, I've just remembered the first time I tried, whenever that was like 12, 12 years ago or something, when I was a kid, I just remember like rolling, rolling kind of the opposite way of the foil and freaking myself out a little bit. And I, I've been wanting to play around. I've got to, I've got to stick on some, some inserts under my board so I can play around with it. But I, for the most part, I've just been really enjoying those just kind of like big open calves and trying to play around hitting the whitewash. It is always scary. Like whenever you're hitting the whitewash, there's always that kind of area of not knowing what to expect. I'd like to maybe try play around with a few few carving 360s and stuff. I, I still haven't seen anyone really do a proper one of those, but I think that's maybe the next thing that would be pretty cool to see. It seems like you could do it. It didn't. It seems like you could. I think the flatter wings would probably help a lot. It's probably just hard to kind of to do one without really pumping and kind of forcing it. But I think with with how efficient the wings are getting, it's it's going to happen pretty soon. I I think it might be easier in like a shorter period swell where the wave's not moving quite as fast. Yeah, that makes sense. So you get out in front of it a little bit more. Um, I always think about that, like when I'm connecting, you know, like you like turn the the opposite way, like yeah. you would like turn back into the foam. Um, I'm, I'm not close to doing them though. It seems like Miso Fernando is kind of, you know, who uh, he is on I Instagram. Some, I think I've seen some footage of him. Yeah. It looks like he's killing it on the foils. Yeah, he, he surfs so good. I, I feel like he he might be close to doing one. Yeah, it's just um, kind of committing as well. I mean, you're going to be hitting the whitewash at a weird angle, and I I always get a little freaked out with that. Still, I mean, it feels great when you do it properly, but when it goes wrong, it's scary when you start start having foils flying flying past your head. It, it's like rolling the dice. Yeah, for sure. Because you, you you can't you don't know what the foil is going to do. I had a really scary experience. Like my first couple days I started like I started prone um for the first couple days then I went into then I started decided to learn stand up but I like I was like I could fly just a little bit caught a couple waves flew and then like I was just going down one and there was like a little white water section coming at me I was like I'll hit this because you do it surfing and literally the wing just shot at my face and hit me square in the helmet wow I know and I was like yeah it got about four of my buddies were standing on the beach and none of them would foil after that. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's, there's definitely a lot of people that have got, gotten addicted and got in, into it, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that have just kind of seen it and gone, I can do that and gone out and freak themselves out and never wanted to try it again. It's, I, I think you, as soon as you learn how to, how to deal with the foil and kind of when it starts to go wrong, you can, you can avoid it for the most part, but you, you definitely still just have those moments, which, which will scare you for sure. Absolutely. Um, before we move away from your maneuver, like, you know, surfing. Yeah. 
talk through kind of what you're thinking about as, you know, like, let's take the wave that you just posted, um, that super buttery snowboarding type ocean roller. Yeah. Talk through kind of how you're setting up for those turns, what you're thinking about. Um, some buddies uh, told me like that they were watching your foot movement. You know, you move your feet a lot when you foil. Um, kind of, kind of, what are you, what are you thinking about as you're drawing lines on that wave and ha- how you're, you know, gauging altitude and and all that? Is there any conscious thought happening? Yeah, I've always kind of like trying to make it as smooth as possible for one there's just something special about kind of not needing to pump or just kind of using that glide and efficiency as much as possible and i think when it comes to moving my feet i actually do that on pretty much everything it it took me a while to realize it but i mean kiting surfing especially on the subs as well the biggest reason i find is just having your foot a little bit further your back foot a little bit further forward you can kind of draw out your bottom turn and and keep that keep that flow without yeah kind of losing all your speed and then shifting it back to get a little bit more more maneuverability out of it and i think that kind of comes into it for me i just like to try and flow as much as possible with foiling you almost having to think like two or three steps ahead and you kind of bottom turning thinking about your top turn or top turning thinking about where you're going to finish and trying to use that energy to glide out into the flats and then keep enough speed to go up and hit it. It just takes a bit of practice with, with some of those cars, especially on the flatter wing. It's just trying to like find that balance between leaning over it, leaning it over enough that you can, can get a good carve in and not pushing it too hard where the tip breaks out. It's just fun to kind of flow and, and glide. And on those kind of waves, you have so much of, so much time to just enjoy it and play around with different things. And it's, it's pretty epic just to, to have such a big playing field. Yeah. The, um, you know what you said there about smoothing everything out and not, it might've got a little bit slower. Are you there? Yeah. All right, cool. Um, you, you came through fine on all that. I heard everything. So the, what you said there at the beginning about smoothing everything out and not pumping your video in Nomotu. I mean, the way that I learn things is I, I kind of like I pick out like the next steps that I should be learning. And then I try to find like a, a, a group of, you know, whether it's generally video that uh, showcases those skill sets. And so, you know, in foiling, you know, you came to wild, um, Adam Bennett, um, Kai Lenny, obviously, um, did I drop you? Sorry. Yeah. It's, it was just getting a little, I, I was kind of missed half of that. If you want to go through it again. Sure. I'll go through it again. So, so the way that I learn, right. And like, this is going into talking about, um, uh, your smoothing everything out, not pumping is I, yeah. I take a, like a group of like videos that represent kind of the next skill set. And sometimes I don't know what the next thing I need to learn is. And so like your video in Nomotu, when you were, I don't know what wave it was inside swimming pools or something like I that, but it was a, that's like actually kind of the inside of Wilkes, which I think they call it. The okay. I mean, it's, yeah, that, that place is epic. It's just a perfect little one foot roller that goes forever. Yep. And there was, there was a, there was a video that you posted. I think it was a, 
Instagram live or something video yeah. where someone's filming you from a ski yeah. and it's a super small wave and you, you, you don't pump until the very end. And it's like a little Florida type peak. We have a wave that's almost exactly the same. And you're, you're getting all your speed through turning across the bowl over and over and over again. Yeah. And that was such an aha moment in my foiling. And I went out and like literally watched that video a bunch of times. And then we went out to this little bank that we have, this little shoal that we have. And, you know, for the next like week, that was my whole goal. And I was actually, I had the, I was on the NP medium at the time. Mm. My whole goal was just how far I could go without pumping at all. And it was crazy what that did for me to find speed and waves. Um, it was such a cool like experience of, uh, of like learning how much speed and how much energy there were if you just work the foil without pumping. Cause I was until that point, I was just, you know, you hit a slow spot, you just pump through it. Right. Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people yeah, don't realize how much they can glide through and just, it's, it's all about wave positioning as well. Like when, when people learn a lot of the time, they'll find themselves just kind of riding to the flats, kind of waiting until the, the wave catches up and then, and then getting their speed again. And if you can keep yourself just on that angled swell and kind of, you start to go too fast, you put yourself more into the flats, you start to slow down, you get yourself as high as possible without falling out the back. You can actually, yeah, you can glide through, through pretty much anything. And it's cool to see people, yeah, trying to, trying to do that a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, it, it really smooths out the whole experience too. Um, and I think what, what made, uh, that video kind of everyone who, who's, I think sees that video is, is, is super stoked on it. And I think it's because, you don't realize that you can, you know, surf a wave that small without yeah. pumping and in the way that you're surfing it too, you know, like there's a really good turns, you know, like a lot of like kind of wraparounds to kind of hitting that bowl. It wasn't really white watery, but um, yeah, those, those kind of waves are so fun. It is. It's just about positioning and kind of learning, learning what to do. Yeah. Um, have you gotten into the chop tail scene yet? You cutting? Are you cutting any wings up? Trying new th new things? Um, I haven't played around with it at all, really. I, I've been wanting to play around with some flatter tail wings and experiment a little bit, but a lot of the time it is always hard. You don't want to sacrifice a session or or yeah. kind of yeah find something you don't like. And I, I want to start playing around with it more, but yeah, I haven't really really tried it yet. Uh, you were talking about how the flatter wings maybe don't turn as good the i had an aha moment uh, a couple of weeks ago where i cut down like a 22 inch rear with huge rear wing that was on a signature down to a 12 which was tiny okay and it felt like just a whole different world it was so crazy how much it loosened up like the big high aspect yeah you know 210 and 250 it might be fun to try with that um medium slim or yeah for sure one of those flatter wings yeah i, I did notice that like i mean i I always would ride the, the Neopride large with the with the small tail, which you use for the medium and the small, just because it's definitely a little bit twitchier and a little bit harder to control at times. But you, you get so much more speed out of it without without really sacrificing any lift, which is nice. Like I almost got a similar feeling out of the large that I would out of the medium in certain conditions, and it's just learning to adapt to it. And I think as everyone improves, they're just kind of finding out new ways to to help kind of compensate for the bigger wings or for the flatter wings or the longer mast. And it's pretty interesting to see where it's going. Yeah. The, you know, th this is not a, a Neil pride commercial in any way, shape or form, but 
the Neopride large wing comes with the large and small rear wing. Yeah. And I think that is probably the best starter setup right now because you can go from the large, large, which gives you tons of lift and it's way easier to learn with all that lift. And then you can drop down to the large, small and start getting a lot more turning. And then when you're ready, all you got to do is buy the medium front wing and you've had a whole learning curve of basically three, actually get four full setups, but three like incrementally more maneuverable setups. And the whole thing, I think, costs you like twelve or thirteen hundred bucks right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, that, that, it's that whole combo is insane. I mean, yeah, the large, the medium, and the two tail wings. That that was all I used for the last almost the last two years, really. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I um, I think it's the best thing ever. I just had some buddies buy that too, um, and they are all super frothy on it. It's it's nice as well. It's still everything's pretty interchangeable. You can start looking into to some of the slimmer wings like that medium slim. Like that now for me, that's kind of replaced the it's replaced the large wing. It kind of gets the same sort of same sort of glide and lift with a lot more speed and that's yeah, pretty much that and the and the normal medium and I kind of that's almost all I use except for towing with the small wing. Gotcha. All right, let's uh, let's take a turn here. Um, if it's cool with you, you have any other thoughts yeah. on on foiling you want to throw out there before I, I change us over to some kind of flow state conversation? No, we're good. Okay. So if you guys are listening to the show lately, I've been doing this dive into flow states, and Chris Rasman of Pro Snowboarder was on, and he's also huge into foiling. And then the last guest, um, Tyler Con- uh, Conroy. And he's a maverick surfer who's now big into foiling as well. And it's this idea of what we're really probably chasing is this mental state of, of flow. And it's possible we can find it in you know different disciplines. And I think Kiahi, it would be a huge miss if we didn't talk about this because you are someone who embodies this cross-disciplinary uh, approach to to water sports. I mean, you're world champion kite surfer, one of the best subsurfers in the world. You know, wave of the winter pipe, and now leading in foiling. And so, let's uh, let's dive into kind of these mental states and what you're searching for in all of these different disciplines. And and also, I think you're into like paragliding and some of these other heavier, uh, um, uh, you know, activities. So. Um, Sounds good. What uh, what does the word flow mean to you? What is the mental state that you search for in these endeavors? I guess just kind of in a way, almost slowing things down and just just kind of enjoying it. And I, I think that is almost yeah. That's that's what flow state is to me. It's kind of taking those intense situations and turning it into fun and kind of relaxing your mind. And you lose. You, you forget about everything that's happening in the outside world. And I think that's why we get so addicted to these sports is you can kind of find those moments. How hard is it for you to find that kind of unconscious, just doing kind of watcher moment now in, you know, kiting or in, in surfing, you know, the moment of the big barrel at pipe when time stops and the only thing that is there is, is, you know, what is immediately surrounding you. Uh, how hard is that for you to find now with, with how proficient you are at say, at say kiting, like what percentage or what do you have to do in kiting now to hit those states? 
I, I think it's it's kind of just the same. Everything gets a little bit bigger and heavier. You you start finding yourself feeling more comfortable and in those heavier conditions and you you get those same sort of feelings out of out of a, a big barrel i mean i i went to cloud break a few times this year and had a couple sessions and on those days i mean it's it's pure happiness you're sitting there everything feels comfortable and you're just standing in in big cabins and i mean i think that to this day still just drives my whole whole life really i mean i i live every day kind of wanting to, to find those those sessions and those situations. How is it for you when you're not in those situations? I mean, a couple of years ago you were injured. Was it a knee? What, what was the, what, uh, was a knee? couple of years ago was my shoulder. So I did my ankle okay. probably four ankle. years ago and then my shoulder two years ago. And it, it's hard. I mean, you definitely have to kind of rethink things and learn how to, to not deal with, with being in the ocean and it's for me, I think what helped save me was the flying the drones and, and filming guys and filming surfing and different things. And it's kind of just finding something to help consume you, consume your time and give you that same sort of feeling. And, and that was always fun because you could, you could kind of go out and, and feel like you were there tracking these people. And in a way it's kind of cool. I mean, it's nice to have a break from these things. I think that's why I do so many sports as well. Is it, kind of keeps everything feeling fresh and I remember coming back from yeah not surfing for six months and those first few sessions are, are epic because you kind of just remember everything you forgot and relearning things and it's it's nice to to have something that you look forward to so much and, and live by so you mentioned you know about doing different sports because it keeps it all fresh something we're seeing right now like it I think that you notice it like in a guy like Kai Lenny or, or in yourself to where a lot of people say you have to specialize, you know, Anders Ericsson's like the 10,000 hours made popular by Malcolm Gladwell's book. But um, folks like you and Kai kind of show that being adept at all of these symbiotic sports may actually be a better way to do it. I mean, how much do you draw, on your experience in all of your water sports to bring back and, and help you get better? Like, do you think that there's a symbiotic relationship in um, doing all the sports? Or do you think that if you had just focused on kiting, you would be better at kiting right now if you didn't surf, you didn't sup, you didn't foil? I think there's kind of good and bad sides to, to both of it. I mean, definitely doing different sports will kind of mess with the other ones. Or it might take a little bit to adjust. But I think the biggest thing it comes down to is just spending more time on the water and learning how to read the ocean better. And even though you might kind of lose things from certain sports, it, it'll give you a different outlook or kind of a different view on, on how to approach a section. And the biggest thing I think is just, yeah, learning to read the ocean and reading waves. And part of the reason that I, I might kite better or might surf better is just because I, they are really similar. It does translate between different sports and, just gives you yeah kind of maybe a little bit of, of an advantage when it comes to to reading the ocean do you have moments where maybe you learn something or see something in kiting and then you think about how that would apply to surfing or foiling or vice versa definitely i mean it, it is always hard to kind of translate it across but 
it, it definitely allows you to kind of approach it a little bit differently or maybe have some familiar kind of body positioning feeling that you wouldn't really have if you, if you just tried it surfing for the first time. So I think it helps a lot to have something like that. Do you have any like stories that showcase one of those moments where you've discovered something? Um, I don't know. Trying to think about that. I think it's not, not off the top of my head, but I, I know there's got to be moments like that. Yeah. Um, what, uh, how do you experience some of your, your heavier situations? Like how do you remember and do you remember them differently than, you know, a, a three foot shortboard session where you're kind of on cruise control versus, you know, say the wave of the winter pipe day. In a way, I mean, a lot of those kind of really heavy, crazy barrels that I've had, I'd say you remember them less because there's kind of, there is a lot going on. You're not really thinking about it, think, thinking about it and enjoying it as much. And I'd, I'd say I've probably had more enjoyable kind of mellower barrels where you can just stand there and look around and kind of really take in your surroundings. But there's something crazy about just the feeling and getting spit out of some of those waves. Like the, the wave of the winter one, the craziest thing for me is I've had it a couple of times before, but that wave actually breathed in before it spat. And I've never felt it so much on any other wave where it actually felt like I was going into like a, a 25 knot headwind. Like I was just going to stop in my tracks. And then the opposite effect when it kind of started spitting is like a tailwind of 25 knots at your back and, Moments like that definitely kind of stick out, but the actual wave itself, trying to think about the view and the vision, I, I kind of have forgotten that in a way, which is interesting. How, how does the state of, say, that barrel compare with like the state that you're in when you foil? Um, definitely a little different, I'd say. It's, it's a lot more intense. It's kind of, it's hard to describe, I'd say, but just having having something to get that joy and that similar feeling. I think with foiling, in a way, even though it looks a little mellower, with some of the speed and kind of how subtle the adjustments are, it does give you a, a pretty amazing feeling out of out of turns that might not necessarily be as crazy looking. But it's it's interesting just to yeah to be able to get that that feeling out of out of smaller days like that. Yeah. I think in foiling the key to the addiction and to the feeling is that since you're operating kind of if surfing is two day two D, you're operating in, in three D because you have to control height. Yeah. That it's I, I equate it to like I I like to drive like uh carts, like cart racing, and you're working on this really fine margin on on all like sides. And Definitely. so, you know, it, it takes the mental game, the amount of processing. I feel like, you know, in this whole race for robots to replace humans, I think the last thing that robots are going to do is foil. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably <laughs> if not. you think about how much processing is happening um, in such a dynamic environment, I think that maybe that's why foiling is so incredibly fun is because it's the most human thing because robots will do it last. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know why that popped up the other day. Um, all right, man. So I've got a couple questions from 
some people who emailed in. Yeah. Uh, if you've got a couple more minutes. Yeah, um, my buddy Andrew, who you met down in Fiji. Oh, uh, for the beach house? That yeah, probably. Great. Yeah. He yeah. lives over there? He lives in Costa Rica, yeah. Oh, okay. No. Uh, maybe different well, guy. But maybe no, different I, guy. I'm trying to make him he was on Nemotu when you when you oh, guys were okay. on Nemotu. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember him. Um, he asked what you look for to find uh, waves, like in that last one. They're they're trying to do some exploring in Costa Rica right now, and that la- you know those last videos you've been posting, those open ocean foil setups. He wants to know what you're looking for to find those. Pretty pretty much just ideally, you want something that's kind of the west of the, the furthest thing away from a good wave. You want something that's pretty long kind of essentially a closeout that never really breaks and just kind of feathers the whole way to the beach i think anything that can can pick up a little bit longer period of the swell or just a a big flat section of reef that is a little bit too deep to break properly is, is what you're looking for i mean we're we're looking for waves that they they won't actually break until it's normally they won't be good to surf until it's six or eight feet and just going out there on those smaller days when it's almost breaking the biggest thing is finding just a clean a clean nice swell that'll hit it and stay groomed and smooth and there are a lot of spots out there and having a ski definitely makes it a little bit easier to to chase them down and and get as many waves as possible right on his follow-up question is what do you want in a ski what's that he wants to know what 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 are you looking for in a ski in a uh, jet ski? I we pretty much everyone here is using using the Yamaha skis. They're I think the most reliable. The we have a pretty old one actually. I think ours is like an 05 maybe, but that's still I think anything from there. It's a four stroke. It's not the super powerful one. I've heard stories. You don't actually want the the supercharged ones because you're kind of generally going at a speed that's I mean, a quarter of the throttle or half the throttle, and they don't like to be run slowly. But I think the, the best ones that guys are buying are the, the um, I think the VX Yamahas. The, you don't need much, but just something that's pretty stable. And if you have a sled and all the gear, it's pretty nice to have just in case something goes wrong. Right on. And my buddy Josh writes in um, two questions. Are you playing with front and back wing size? We kind of touched on that already. Um, and then his other question is, all right, yeah, this is actually a good one. This would be a good a good conversation right now. Um, he asked, like, speed and turns. And what what do you think, like, the most fun – speeds to surf in to foil in are and then also like what are the maximum speeds that you think you're still able to do good turns is there a moment when you're limited your surfing is limited by by how fast you're going yeah definitely i mean i think the biggest thing is just choosing an appropriate wing for the conditions i mean in with a small wing you can go out you can ride pretty steep waves and intense waves but that's that's the biggest thing is kind of not going out on a large wing when it's way overhead because you will be completely maxed out. You'll you'll need to be in the bottom part of the wave to try and not have too much speed. And I think I think it's just learning to yeah, to kind of make the most of of 
yeah, of both, I guess, like, yeah, learning to deal with something that you can handle a little, being a little bit overpowered on. I mean, riding a slightly bigger wing, so you don't need to pump through those dead sections, but having something, something a little more efficient. I'd say the flatter wings are a pretty good step that allow you to glide and kind of get that extra speed out of something with a little bit less surface area, but still have, have the ability to turn pretty well. Yeah. And, and what about your range of wave size? What's, what's an optimal foil wave for you? What, when are you having the most fun? What's the biggest you want to foil? And, um, you know, what it's, are your favorite setups? I, I think the size we've been out in the last few days has been, been really fun. It's kind of that head high size. I've also had a lot of fun in kind of one foot waves over in Fiji. It is just choosing the right wing for it and, and finding a nice mellow wave. I haven't really found the drive to do anything, anything bigger than kind of those like double overhead swells. I think it looks pretty, pretty crazy what you can do. And with some of the almost, yeah, the kite wings, you can go really fast, but that's just when it starts to get really painful. I mean, you crash and, and you fall, fall hard. Like I'm, I'm still enjoying not getting too work when I fall. <laughs> How, um, how do you equate, how do you like surfing, say, a small day versus a larger day? So say like in the Motu days versus, you know, the last video that you posted when you're on the proper gear for for each condition? Um, I, I think I've enjoyed kind of everything, everything the same as with, with those smaller days. I mean, especially that one wave, there's so much power there and it's it's maybe it's kind of like riding a riding a shortboard and just perfect little punchy punchy little waves you can still get the same feeling out of it it's kind of nice that when you fall you're not going going 30k's an hour and then there is something special about those really really fast speed runs it's you can feel the wind in your face kind of seeing everything moving past you super quick but i'd say i get pretty much the same amount of fun out of out of anything that's just maybe requires not pumping too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, you know, we didn't touch on that, man. Let's do, let's do a couple more minutes and let me get your pump breakdown. Okay. Cause that's something I didn't, uh, I didn't think about before cause we were talking about minimalizing pumping, but you do have a, like a, a pretty stylish pump. Like what's, what are you optimizing for? How do you feel it? Like if, I, if you were going to give someone Kiyahi's guide to pumping, what is it? I think, do less is kind of the biggest thing everyone the first thing is as soon as people learn to foil i don't know why maybe they just they see a lot of videos of people pumping but it seems like all they want to do is pump like people take off on a wave and just start pumping to the flats and pumping out and kind of out of the energy and the biggest thing is yeah just kind of learning to do less i think actually pumping to connect what connect waves as well you're a lot better off doing kind of a a strong consistent pump than a bunch of little kind of aggressive ones the biggest thing i've found is like using your upper body as well kind of throwing your arms up really makes a difference i mean i think i started doing that i've seen james doing that a lot as well and you kind of learn i guess when to push and not overdoing it is the biggest thing i've found like people definitely get a little bit carried away and just try to try to fit in as many pumps as possible Yeah. The, you embody that technique too. And the, um, 
the one video you dropped where you're like a beach break. Mm, yeah. You know, were you on the large wing or was that the slim medium? I think that was, I think that was just the regular medium. Was it? Yeah. It looked really efficient. I was surprised. I mean, I, I pumped the medium fairly well, but I've never been able to glide like that. It looked like you just had tremendous glide. Yeah. Maybe because you're exiting with so much speed. Like maybe that, that you're just that, going that really fast. That is the biggest thing to actually I didn't mention. Kicking out of the wave with speed makes a huge difference. And I mean, you can actually glide super far, but that's at the point too. Like if you kick out with that much speed and you try to do a bunch of little pumps, you're actually slowing yourself down. So it's just trying to do as little as possible with still, still keeping that speed going. Yeah. That, that's a great tip right there too. Like exiting with speed and then not ruining it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it took me a lot. I mean, I'm not there yet, you know, but I got yeah. a, lot, a long way to go, but I definitely have moments now where I, where I get it right. Yeah. And then I, and... I, it's, I still don't know exa- my exact beat positioning, but you can kind of learn to feel it. I think, I think it's generally, feel like my back foot is never behind the mask, but I could be wrong. It's probably different between different foils too. But when you find that sweet spot and kind of get everything right, it just, it feels smoother for sure. Yeah. I think on that medium, I move my back foot up okay. probably right, right on top of the mast, but I surf with it a little bit behind the mast, I think. Okay. Or on the back, it's a wide mast. So yeah, maybe on the back side of that mast and I like how stiff that mast is though. You know, it's heavy, but yeah. Um, I never noticed that in the water. Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, it's yeah, the biggest thing is just carrying it, but it still works pretty much as good. I think for, for everything else. Yeah. You just got to get it to where it doesn't fill up with water. Yeah. That, that is, <laughs> I think there, there is probably like, I know some of the brands, I know Cabrina actually seals their masks and I think they're good now, but in the beginning there was, there was issues with a lot of brands where it would, they'd seal it and then water would get in and get trapped in there. So I think they just kind of kept it cheap and easy and it definitely yeah. fills up, but at least it will kind of drain out. Yeah. Well, it's the best bang for the buck for sure. Yeah. Um, and they're really good. I can't wait to try the, uh, the carbon. Yeah. It's nice that it's all interchangeable too. I mean, that's pretty epic to be able to switch everything out and not have to buy a whole new setup. Yep. I agree, man. Um, what do you want to leave us with? Any uh, anything else in foiling you think everybody should know about? Um, I'm sure we missed something important. I don't know. I think just yeah, the biggest thing is just go out and enjoy it. If you haven't haven't tried it or been wanting to try it, you, you really should. I think kind of landing in the right conditions is the biggest thing. Not just paddling out and waves that you would normally surf where it's steep and kind of peaky going out with someone that knows what to do and if you go out and learn behind a boat or have someone giving you tips i'd be surprised if most people that have a pretty comfortable background in surfing or or kiting or something couldn't figure it out and i'd say just go do it you'll you'll have some scary moments but trust me it's it's worth it and i'm, I'm sure you'll be addicted like the rest of this yeah i think it's the most fun thing I've kind of ever done. <laughs> um, you know, I'm so grateful, man. Like, you know, like, so when we were out there and met you um, in person out in Hawaii. You know, we had to move back to the States. I was living in Costa Rica before then and yeah. moving back to Florida and going from 11 years surfing in Costa Rica every day to living in Florida was really I'd say, hard. I'd say the foil probably saved your life. 
Well, there was like a year before I kind of, I had too much going on. I couldn't get into it. And then when I did get into it, it, it like the amount of stoke that the foil gave me and the amount of gratitude that I have for this sport, it completely changed my world. It's like hard to like explain that and yeah. it doesn't sound super cheesy, but I, I, to be stoked where you live. Those, those early years, oh, that, that, that early learning curve as well. Like there was something really special about those first few days and that stoke. It's, it's like learning to surf again. It really is. And the first time you connect a wave and the, the ocean becomes infinite. Yeah. yeah. That's such a cool feeling. Yeah. I think that's why everybody gets addicted to pumping right away yeah. is because you've never been able to go from never wave to wave. That option. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. All right. So how do people find you? Um, plug some stuff, all your sponsors and everything before we jump off. Yeah, so on Instagram, Kiahi Day Avoiders. I don't think there's many of me. If you can spell my first name, K E A H I, you pretty much pretty much got it on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, really stoked with Cabrina for kiting, Neil Pride foils, JP boards, and hope you guys like the show and hopefully see you out there somewhere. Epic. Kiahi, thanks so much for doing this. I know how busy you are. We've been trying to do this for a long time. So, uh, Thanks a lot for making the time. And I think that you probably made a lot of folks happy. No worries. Good talking to you. Yeah, buddy. Cheers.